Welcome to Blaze and Guts. I'm Teresa Blaze, and I've got my co-host, my sidekick, my all-around very good friend, Michelle Saunders Gutch. Michelle, how are you doing? Hey, Teresa, I'm doing really good. Thank you. I've been able to sleep these days. I don't know. It's been hard to get into a sleeping pattern. Sleep is overrated. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God for melatonin. Uh, Yes, exactly. Yeah. That Definitely. really does. That really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, how are you doing, gal? We know uh, we've got this situation with Pastor Wyndon. Yeah, oh. my uh, my my pastor passed away this past week, so that's I've been we've been dealing with that. Um, uh, other than that, I've been doing okay. I've been doing okay. Uh. You know, pastor passed away, and thankfully there was football to kind of, I don't want to think, I'm going to watch a game. <laughs> well, and you know, Pastor Wyndon loved the Broncos. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have loved how they performed this week. <laughs> that was a slaughter. And so, uh, yeah, we'll get into that because that was, I, I, I've seen bad football. That was... Dear, dear Lord, what was that? <laughs> um, and Michelle, I'm going to have to eat my words a little bit. I kind of said that the Cardinals would lose a game and they did not. No, they did not. That was encouraging. I was glad to see they are stepping up and winning some games. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you know, I mean, their defensive line has been plagued with a lot of injuries, you know, so they've had to run with a lot of second stringers. But, you know, but the issue that I saw was like in the first two games, okay, the uh, Cardinals, they would get a lead and then they would choke and they would pretty much wash it away in the fourth quarter. Well, that happened in, 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 in the Dallas game. They got the lead and they were playing very well. And I'm watching through the third quarter. Okay. The first half, they were just killing it. You know, offense was on point. Defense was beautiful. And we go into the third quarter and they still have the lead. And we walk into the fourth and I'm going, okay, are they going to hold the lead? Are they going to choke? What are they going to do? And I was pleasantly surprised. In fact, um, I think the entire NFL was shocked because the Dallas Cowboys were believed to be one of the best teams in the NFL and the Broncos or Broncos Cardinals beat them. So I was like, well, I'm hoping this is the start of, uh, they're starting to actually come together, gel and play like we know, uh, they should play. I, I was really happy for Cardinals fans. And I knew you would be really wows. I mean, yeah, 14 to 28 it was. And I was just like, dude, you actually be okay. I didn't see that coming because I pretty much wrote them off as they're going to be 0-3. I mean, I I wrote them off. I was looking at that game. I'd seen Dallas play. I mean, they put a beat down on, uh, who was it? Detroit, I think it was like 40 to nothing first week. 
And I'm sitting there going, well, that's interesting. You know, and then and then I saw them beat, beat another team. And I'm going, okay, th- this team, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but this is one we better watch because, you know. And then here come the Cardinals, and I'm going, with the way they're playing and, the, you know, huh. Uh, I... I'm not risking. No, I can't call that. They're going. They're unfortunately they're going to be zero three. And all, all of a sudden, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. Cowboys got their points. They got their yardage. Uh, they but for the most part, they kept DK Metcalf quiet. He didn't pop off with a whole bunch of yardage, you know. So I was very pleasantly surprised. Now. The Cardinals are actually going to play the 49ers. I understand that they beat the Cowboys, but I've also seen the 49ers play this year, and I am not willing to risk saying that they are going to be able to beat them. I just, I can't go there. Yeah. 49ers are undefeated. They're like the Dolphins. There's only three teams right now that 3-0. and uh, the Dolphins, oh man, I saw them play too. We'll go, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, the 49ers are really, really good. And I, if the Cardinals beat them, I think that will be a statement in itself. I think more than the Cowboys game. But I am not willing to say, oh, yeah, they are definitely going to do that because. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Cardinals in the two games that they lost were just a play away from actually winning that game. Both games. You know? They they were just a play away from that. So it wasn't like they got blown out. But, I mean, like with Detroit, or was it Detroit? Yeah. You know, the Cardinals lost a 20-point lead. You know? I don't think they're going to run up that kind of lead on the 49ers. I just don't see that happening. I think the 49ers are too good. Yeah, even at their worst, they're probably better than even the best of what card the cards play, at least right now. So I'm going to say, I, you know, I, I believe that the Cardinals are going to go um, three and one right now. You know, now. If I come back next week and I have to eat my words, I'll do it again. I really would like to. However, um, that's my call on that game. You know, gal, I could eat your words too because I'm kind of <laughs> leaning with you. <laughs> I know, you know, but and I'm hoping the Cardinals prove us wrong. I really, really am. But mm, that's a hard call to make. That's a really hard call to make. It is, but you know. At least they won. Exactly. Exactly. And now they have the taste of, we can actually finish a game. We're not going to choke when we get a lead. We can actually, we know how to finish. You know, and that's a good taste to have in your mouth. Now, can you go out and do it again? You know, that's a tall order. I think the Cardinals are capable of doing it. I'm not sure they will. When is that game? Uh, Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Okay, the Chiefs play Sunday evening, and they play the Jets at around seven twenty-five or something like that. I believe it's Central. Well, let's get into the Chiefs real quick while we're talking about them. Oh, geez, <laughs> such drama. So what? <laughs> okay, uh, 
Chicago got turned into bear meat. What happened? Chiefs just trampled. I mean, they dominated the team. They could not stop the Chiefs in any area. It it was it was wow. I mean, and then you know the drama of Taylor Swift showing up at the game. Oh my gosh! So that really, I think, excited the the whole stadium and excited, of course, the players. I mean, and they Travis Kelsey, he felt, you know, I'm sure he had to have his best game on. And Mahomes was, hey, you know, I gotta this is pressure on me. I gotta make sure Kelsey performs. And you know, it, it just and then all the pressure of just all the fans being there and you know, wanting to just really dominate all their games between now and the end of the season. Yeah. Did the Bears even play like they were putting up a fight at all? I I think I think they were really frustrated and they were quite exhausted and they did do what they could with what they had. You know, I just think the Chiefs just dominated them in so many areas and you know, they were on their game. The Chiefs really were on their game and played like they were in the Super Bowl. Even Taylor Swift said, man, it was like being at a Super Bowl. Mm. So pretty much they dominated line of scrimmage, special teams, everything. Oh, everything pretty much. I mean, you know, sad to be a Chicago Bears fan. Yeah, I have a pastor friend who is a Bears fan. I, you know, I probably should remind him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I'll be nice. I'll be nice. We we did have, you know, Jones playing, but he only played 16 snaps against Chicago. And, you know, the other thing is he did undershoot players. I mean, there were like Mike Dana and George Karloftis and Tershawn Wharton, those and Derek Naughty. I mean, you know, the thing is, though, there was just so many other wins for the Chiefs that day and how they played all the way around. And even the backup quarterback got out there and toward the end, I mean, he was just performing like crazy. Well, did they actually, were they more dominant, would you say, in the run game or the passing game? I think they were more running or passing, more passing and running, passing there. I mean, I, you know, I think they were both really. I mean, I think they, they, they were able to, to do both. Um, I know even though their wide receiver was limited and their linebacker had ankle problems and Gray had an illness, you know, they were still able to. You know, Patrick was able to pass and get the ball and get him down the field and get him to, you know, the the finish line or get a kick, you know. But they were able to gain yardage and Patrick was even running out of pocket, you know, and then he had that a- ankle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's what's interesting on that front is if you I mean, anytime 
you deal with a quarterback who is able to run, and we know what Patrick can do. But he, in, he, they don't like it when he runs. Other teams don't like it, man. They're like, get him down, get him down. You know? Yeah, well, because, I mean, a quarterback that can run like that is a nightmare for a defensive coordinator. Because now, okay, it's not just about controlling your guy on the line of scrimmage, which apparently the Bears weren't able to do to begin with. Um, but now you've got this other uh, threat of, okay, we can't contain the quarterback and now he's running. You know, and and that's a real threat to the, especially in today's NFL. It's it's a real threat, you know, because if you're a defensive coordinator, your job is okay. I want to stop the running back. You know, you know if you know, I can handle the receivers. Now I got this quarterback issue. Crap, and he's got some fast legs on him. You know that I'm pretty sure gives a def- any reasonable defensive coordinator. It gives him a nightmare. Well, and the Bears have had three losses, and they've been embarrassing. And so, uh, I don't know, their defensive player and their underachieving player, Chase Claypool, I think there was just some unthinkable things that happened. And I don't know enough about their coach either. And Justin Fields... You know, he's struggling. Um, and they have a new coach there, don't they, on the on the Bears? I think so, but I don't recall. I I think there's an they have a new coach. So I don't want to, you know, undermine Chicago Bears fans and forgive me, guys, or ladies, if you're listening, for those that might be Bear fans. I mean, I just don't know enough about the Bears, but I do know. They have not done well. I mean, I think they've struggled against the Buccaneers. They've struggled against the Chiefs. They play the Broncos, you know, coming up this Sunday or on the first. So that'll be an interesting, but I do know the Chiefs dominated them like crazy and played so well. And, you know, they were able to, I mean, you know, they were able to to make it happen and perform in so many different areas and that it was really it was really a great game to watch and of course you know having taylor swift coming to the game was not something that hurt but it sure could distract you know oh my gosh for people that are swifties all the swifties i mean i guess from what i understand there were so many people waiting for her to come out of the suite. She was in a suite with Travis Kelsey's mom and some others. And she came out of that suite and there were so many people there. I mean, I guess it was just a nightmare for those that were in security and everything else. But Travis did a great job. He did play really consistently well. So that was good. And it was fun to watch him and him homes. Because when they're in sync, man, they they're they're a great team. But Patrick also had some other receivers, and you know they were they were all playing well as long as you know they're in that cadence. Yeah, that's all. And great. That, and that and that's crucial when you get um, when you have a quarterback that actually does well on that front and actually um, can uh, continually make his throws without getting behind the sticks. That you that's 
having that kind of rhythm is like crucial with your receivers. And, you know, one thing I've really seen with the Chiefs, you know, when they're on point, they are on point and those receivers know how he operates. Yeah, they they do. They play really well together as a team. I guess after the game, they had an after team party and, you know, they do a lot of team building, team building and, you know, they're friends and, you know, they all they all, you know, work together on and off the field. I think it's great. Absolutely. I love it. Well, let's pause for our sponsor and then we are going to cover one more game and then uh, Lostman will do his um, what happened in the rest of the NFL. And then, Michelle, I believe you have a player. Yes, I'm excited. Cool. All right. So uh, let's talk about um, Kadosh Media. Guys, um, look, if you guys, you guys hear us doing a podcast and, you know, we do what we can, right? But if you want to do one of your own for maybe your favorite team, have you ever thought about doing a show for your favorite team? You could, you know, it's not limited to the big corporate guys who, you know, the sports stations who, funny enough, have have a lot of their shows on podcast format. It's not limited to that. You could do a show about your favorite team. Or maybe you're a basketball fan and you love the uh, <clears throat> San Antonio Spurs or maybe the Denver Nuggets or my personal favorite, the Phoenix Suns. You could do a show about that. Why not? Or about anything else you wanted to, you know. But if you go to www.kadosmedia.com, fill out that content form. We would love to talk to you and see how we could help you launch your first podcast. www.kadosmedia.com dot com k-a-d-o-s-h media dot com um while we've been having fun talking about teams that are winning we have to address another team denver broncos what happened first of all the broncos coughed up one badly to the miami dolphins uh 70 to 20 that's like a college football score and I thought 40 to three was bad or 40 to nothing, 70. And I watched some of that game. First of all, they kept beating themselves with penalties and they couldn't get their offense going. And then on defense, there was, they just could not stop that Miami Dolphin offensive line. The Dolphins owned that line of scrimmage and they kept scoring points. And by the end of the first half, it was already out of hand. You know, and I'm sitting there watching the Dolphins and, and, and Denver going, are the Broncos this truly this bad or are the Dolphins just that good? I, I, I don't have an answer. I really don't. But I'm but right now the Broncos are sitting at 0 and 3. And I would say, you know, the first two games, they lost close ones too. this game. They got blown out big time. That wasn't even a, a, a that wasn't a beatdown. That was a slaughter. I'm just asking, are we looking at another game season where they only win like three, four or five games? They keep playing like that. I think that's exactly what we're going to get. You know, they just could not do anything. They couldn't, you know, their their defense was, I mean, I think they got beat on defense more than anything. And the Dolphins' defense was fast. Because uh, the Dolphins have Tyreek Hill on that, on that squad. And, and, you chief chance, you know what Hill could do. Oh yeah, he's phenomenal. You know, 
You know what Hill could do. He was, you know, Tyreek Hill is a beast. Okay. Um, but you know, but then, you know, but that he wasn't the only one that was running circles over the Broncos. And so I'm going to be keeping my eye on that team because that was like, whoa, okay. I think the Dolphins made a statement that they're there to play. Well, I will tell you right now, the Broncos are ranked as a league's second worst team in the NFL as of two days ago. And, you know, for those that played, of course, they're embarrassed. I mean, and it was a historic beatdown. I mean, they gave up. No Broncos team has ever gave up 634 yards. This one in that game, they gave up 726. I know I've kind of been out there. Some of my friends that are Broncos fans, they're in pain. I wonder why. So basically, they're listed. And I'll bet you the Bears are the worst team. The other thing is, I think Vance Joseph. They're saying their defensive coordinator may not be long for his job. Well, considering what he let happen, I wonder why. Now, Vance Joseph does have a history. He was a defensive coordinator for the Cardinals at one point. Well, I know that Peyton, I don't think he's going to get rid of him, but I know a lot of fans are calling for him. It, it's, 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 oh, geez. I mean, they want to know why he's not been fired for sure. I wonder, I mean, what happened? Because you can't tell me that, hey, I mean, is it just, I mean, I can't figure out were the Cardinals or, or the Broncos just that bad or was Miami that good? Well, Teresa, I've never been, you know, a Dolphins fan. So I've never really followed them that close. But apparently they're just that good. That just makes me go, I better keep an eye on them. Well, they're undefeated. Just like Eagles. Are are the Eagles undefeated, I think? Eagles? Yeah, Eagles and Dolphins and 49ers right now are undefeated. You know, and so I'm kind of watching those three teams going, hmm. That's going to be interesting to watch going forward. And the Broncos and the Bears square off this coming Sunday. Yes, they do. And we have Chiefs and Jets. And we have your team. Yep. Cardinals and 49ers. I am going to say Chiefs and Jets. Um, I'm actually going to give that one to the Chiefs. I think they can win that. I think they can, too. I don't know who's playing the backup quarterback, if that young quarterback is still playing. There were some some rumors about Kirk Cousins moving over uh, to fill in from the Vikings, but I don't don't know if that's going to happen. I've seen Cousins play. I wouldn't do that if I was the Jets. I I don't know. He's He's been inconsistent. Yeah, no, if you're the Jets, you don't want that because that guy, um, no. I mean, because Cousins, I believe, used to play for the Broncos at one point, I think. Or was it someone else? It might have been someone else. But, like, he just, ugh, no, I would not. I'm so, I don't, I, I, I think he would make a good backup quarterback, but as a starting quarterback, no thank you. I don't know. It's just unfortunate. What happened to Aaron? I I don't think it'll it I don't know 
if he'll come back this season or not. No, he's out for the season. No, he's out for the season. I heard he was. And then I heard he's saying, well, who knows? Maybe I'll be back toward the end, but I don't know. Well, I would be very greatly surprised if he came back towards the end, but you know, but I'm going to give, I'm going to give that one to the chiefs. I think, um, the jets are pretty banged up and I think that, um, uh, I don't think they'll be able to keep up. I just don't, I think the chiefs are going to dominate that line of scrimmage. I think that's what they need to do. I already told you what I think about Cardinals and 49ers. I think I am, I, I, no, I don't think the Cardinals well, you know, are the Broncos are playing the Bears. What who do you th- I think the Broncos are going to try to win that game with the Bears. I think they're going to try to redeem themselves. I think the Bears are going to have a chip on their shoulder because I think they got embarrassed. But I think so the, are the Broncos. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that's yeah, going to be know, actually a good game probably. I would think so, but I think I think the Broncos have a little bit more um, you know, because in two of the games, like I said, they were close, you know, one play maybe, and they might have won, won those two games, you know? So I, you know, I, I think I'm going to give that one to the Broncos. And I, I, I really do think, especially with that game, one of those teams is going to walk away. Oh, and three, one is actually going to be, uh, or no, what am I thinking? They're both oh and three now. One of they them is going to be, yeah, they're both 0 and 3 now. Uh, one of them is going to walk away 0 and 4, and one is going to be 3 and 1, you know. But I'm not going to say, honestly, I think both teams are pretty bad, and both of them have need to find some redemption, you know, because frankly, the product that they put out on the field, and I'm talking both teams there that we've seen so far, not cutting it, not cutting it. You go out and you lay. You only scrounge up three points against the Chiefs, or you go out and you only get twenty points and you get whooped on and get what? What is it you said? Seven hundred and twenty something yards that uh, that you allow. That's you cannot tell me you played any kind of defense at that point. That's a joke. It's an honest joke. You can't tell me you were playing defense. Oh, we lined up. We did no. You didn't do. You didn't do your job. Every single defensive guy needs to look himself in the mirror and go, you know what? I didn't do my job last week, and we sucked. Every single stinking one, and the def- including Mr. Vance Joseph, I think you better rethink how you're doing your defense because you're right. Uh, it sounds to me like you're lucky to still have a job. If the Broncos happen to lose to the Bears, I think you're going to see a pink slip in your very near future. Wouldn't Wouldn't you do that? Michelle? Yeah, I agree. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's not that's not quality football. That's just not quality football. So we'll leave it at that and we'll see what happens. And with that, here is Loshman with what happened in the rest of the NFL. Hey, welcome one. Welcome all back to Loshman Across the NFL, a special segment of the Blaze and Gotch podcast that you can find on Facebook or at blazeandgotch.com. That's B-L-A-E-S and Gotch, G-O-T-T-S-C-H.com. And this is my look back at week three of the 2023 NFL and looking ahead to week four of the uh, 2023 NFL. I'm going to start off with some news here uh, like we did last week. 
Um, on Thursday, nine twenty-one, uh, uh, from ESPN, the Cowboys star running uh, running cornerback Trayvon Diggs suffered an ACL injury during practice. Uh, he signed a five-year, ninety-seven million dollar contract extension with the Cowboys during training camp. During training camp, that included a uh, twenty-one point two five million signing bonus and a forty-two point three million guaranteed. He has only missed one game in the last two years after missing four games from an ankle injury and. In 2020. In his first two games in 2023, he has forced a fumble, intercepted a pass, and had three uh, pass breakups. Um, it is, uh, and he's credited with six tackles, which is which was uh, leading into uh, week three, was credited as number one ranked in defense in yards, points per game. And so that shows you how important he is to the uh, Cowboys. Um, and if he were, if he had to miss games, which he did uh, this past week, um, they could uh, move uh, Darren, Darren, Deron Bland could move to outside cornerback opposite uh, Stephon Gilmore uh, with uh, Juwan Lewis uh, taking over in the, in the slot. Um, and unfortunately, he did miss and the Cowboys did end up losing in week three. We'll get to that later. Um, and uh, then um, on the, on the 23rd, um, NFL.com, New Orleans Saints running back Jamal Williams was placed on injured reserve due to a hamstring injury, suffered in the team's week two win over the Carolina Panthers, and this will have him out at least four weeks. And uh, again, the Saints lost in week three, so you can see how important both of these players are to the Cowboys and the Saints. Um, Colts kicker Matt, uh, Matt Gay uh, became the first kicker in NFL history to kick four field goals of 50-plus yards in one game. Game and that was his fifth in a uh, in the fifth field goal in the game in their twenty two to nineteen win over Baltimore on Sunday and the Colts win uh, was one of my predictions so that's one of the ones that I got right uh, the Miami Dolphins scored seventy one seventy to twenty seventy to twenty over the Denver Broncos on Sunday that seventy points is the most points by any NFL team since nineteen sixty six the year my wife was born uh, that was also the highest scoring game of over prior uh, over prior ever I'm sorry the highest scoring game ever prior to Sunday when the Redskins and Giants uh produced a, a total of 113 points with a score of 72 to 41 and the Redskins won that game uh the she, uh, Taylor Swift was in a suite at Arrowhead on at Travis Kelsey's invitation on Sunday to watch him and the Chiefs on Sunday, and she watched Patrick Mahomes exceed twenty five thousand passing yards, which is the third uh, in the in the third fewest games in history. Uh, Chiefs were. Um, Leading 34 to nothing at halftime, despite the uh, Bears uh, getting the ball to start the third quarter. Uh, they also um, went, uh, uh, and Mahomes also injured his ankle again um, at the end of the uh, second quarter. Um, but he got to, he got to, um, he got it retaped and came out firing again. And he made Chicago go three and out. And the Chiefs' uh, next possession uh, that went uh, they uh, they went up uh, forty one to nothing with a touchdown to guess who Travis Kelsey uh, and that made it uh, the most uh, the most connections for touchdowns in Chiefs history at forty eight between uh, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey those two have the most connections for touchdowns in Chiefs history at forty eight. Uh, Tuesday, nine twenty-six. ESPN uh, Ravens defensive end Chandler Jones um, said Monday night he is he was taken to the hospital against his will 
by Las Vegas Fire Department and later transferred to a behavioral health facility, uh, specifically the Seven Hills Behavioral Health. Uh, Jones was placed on a, the non-football illness list last week by the Raiders uh, with what the team described as a personal matter and has been away from the team since Labor Day weekend once he began a series of social media posts aimed at Raiders uh, owner Mark Davis, Raiders general manager Dave Ziegler, and head coach Josh McDaniels. He wrote in his post on X, which for those of you who don't know, that's what Twitter is now known as. It's known as X. Uh, Monday, my first day out, but I'm still aligned, meaning Monday was his first day out of the Seven Hills facility. Uh, he described in detail what happened in the ambulance all the way to his release from the facility. Um, and uh, the Raiders have declined any further comment and uh, calling it a private matter. And uh, Chandler still maintains he did nothing wrong. And he is the uh, he's in the second season of a fifty one million dollar free agent contract that he signed in twenty twenty two. Tuesday, ESPN, the Associated Press, Tampa Bay police are investigating the death of former NFL player Mike Williams, fourth round draft pick for Tampa Bay in twenty ten, later traded to Buffalo in twenty fourteen, and finished his career in the Kansas City Chiefs offseason roster in twenty sixteen. Williams died on September twelfth at age thirty six at St Joseph's Hospital in Tampa Bay after a construction site accident that left him partially paralyzed. Police suspect Williams received unprescribed narcotics from an outside party while he was hospitalized, and detectives are actively investigating. Okay, your NFL Week 3 results, uh, starting with Monday. I'm going to start with Monday night and actually go backwards uh, this week. Uh, Bengals 19, Rams 16. Rams Matthew Stafford, 18 of 33, 269 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Bengals Joe Burrow, 26 of 49, 259 yards, one interception. Uh, Rams Kyron Williams, 10 carries, 38 yards. Bengals, Joe Mixon, 19 carries, 65 yards, one touchdown. Rams, uh, Puka Nakua, five receptions, 72 yards. Rams, Jamar Chase, 12 receptions, 141 yards. And I will also say that when I heard that Joe Burrow was back in at quarterback, despite his injury last week, um, I should have changed my prediction to the Bengals winning on this one, but I stayed with it. And unfortunately, the Bengals did win, and I didn't get that one right. Uh, Eagles 25, Buccaneers 11. With this win, the Eagles have their first back-to-back 3-0 starts uh, in, in 2022 and 2023 since 1992 and 1993. Uh, Eagles, Jalen Hurts, 23 of 37, 277 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Bucks, Baker Mayfield, 15 of 25, 146 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Eagles, DeAndre Swift, 16 carries, 130 yards. Bucks, Rashad White, 14 carries, 38 yards. Eagles, A.J. Brown, nine receptions, 131 yards. Bucks, Mike Evans, five receptions, 60 yards, one touchdown. Steelers, 23, Las Vegas Raiders, 18. Steelers, Kenny Pickett, 16 of 28, 235 yards, two touchdowns. Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo, 28 of 44, 324 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Steelers, Najee Harris, 19 carries, 65 yards. Steelers, George Pickens, four receptions, 75 yards. Raiders, Devontae Adams, 13 receptions, 172 yards, two touchdowns. Arizona Cardinals, 28, Dallas Cowboys, 16. Cowboys, Dak Prescott, 25 of 40, 249 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Cardinals, Joshua Dobbs, 17 of 21, 189 yards, one touchdown. Cowboys, Tony Pollard, 20 
23 carries, 122 yards. Uh, Cardinals, James Conner, 14 carries, 98 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Cowboys, Michael Gallup, six receptions, 92 yards. Cardinals, Michael Wilson, uh, two receptions, 86 yards. Um, I got the, the Steelers pick right, the Steelers winning right. I got the Eagles winning right. Did not get the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, uh, I did not get Dallas, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, Dallas Cowboys game right. Kansas City Chiefs 41, Chicago Bears 10, Seattle Seahawks 37, Carolina Panthers 27, New England Patriots 15, New York Jets 10. Got that one right. Indianapolis Colts 22, Ravens 19. Got that one right. Buffalo Bills 37, Washington Commanders 3. Got that one right. Cleveland Browns 27, Tennessee Titans 3. I uh, did not get that one right. Uh, Miami Dolphins, 70. Denver Bronco, Broncos, 20. Uh, I did get that one right. Houston Texans, 37. Jaguars, 17. Did not get that one right. Green Bay Packers, 18. New Orleans Saints, 17. Um, did not get that one right. Uh, L.A. Chargers, 28. Minnesota Vikings, 24. Missed that one. Detroit Lions, 20. Atlanta Falcons, 6. Missed that one. San Francisco uh, 49ers, 30. New York Giants, 12. I did get that one right. So I was 8 of 16 this week. Thanks to the 49ers beating the Giants, uh, 30 to 12. Miami Dolphins beating the uh, Broncos, 70 to 20. Uh, Bills beating the uh, Commanders, uh, the 37 to 3. Colts beating the Ravens, 22 to 19. The Patriots beating the Jets, 15 to 10. The Seahawks beating the Panthers, 37 to 27. The Chiefs beating the Browns, the uh, Bears, 41 to 10. Um, the Steelers uh, beating Las Vegas Raiders, 23 to 18. And the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Bucks, 25, 25 to 11. And uh, week four games and my predictions, uh, Thursday, uh, the 28th, uh, Green Bay Packers and Detroit Lions. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say that the uh, Lions win this one. Um, and uh, Sunday, October 1st, my sister Veronica's birthday. So have happy birthday to her on the 1st. Atlanta Falcons, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm saying the Jaguars win. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, Indianapolis Colts. I'm saying the Colts win. Minnesota Vikings, Carolina Panthers, saying the Panthers win. Uh, Bengals and Titans, I'm saying the Bengals win. Buccaneers and Saints, I'm going to go with the Saints on this one. Uh, the uh, Dolphins and Bills, I'm going with the Dolphins on this one. Uh, Broncos and Raiders. I'm going with the uh, uh, Raid. I'm going with the. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Broncos and Bears. I'm going with the Chicago Bears on this one. Commanders and Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles on this one. Steelers and Texans. I'm going with the Steelers on this one. Raiders and Chargers. I'm going with the, with the Chargers on this one. Cardinals and 49ers. Going with the 49ers on this one. Patriots and Cowboys. I'm going to go with the Cowboys again. Chiefs and Jets, I'm going with the Chiefs, of course, as usual. Uh, Seahawks and Giants, I'm going to say the Seahawks win, okay? My special feature for this week, have you ever thought about the history of tailgating? Well, let's take a look at it. And this is on the uh, History Channel website. Uh, tailgating before college and professional football games is an American tradition. Starting in late summer and continuing through early winter, temporarily te temporary tent cities pop up in stadium parking lots across the country. A haze of charcoal smoke fills the air along with laughter, banter, and the aroma of grilled hamburgers and hot dogs. And whatever else you choose to throw on the grill, right? According to Tanya Williams-Bradford, co-author of a 2015 cultural analysis of tailgating post in the Journal of Consumer Research, the modern tailgate has roots 
from the fall harvest celebrations of ancient Greece and Rome. Those events were marked with music, community, and plenty of food and drink for a final feast before winter's onset. The notion of people gathering around food is not new. When contests are measured for entertainment, it is natural for food to be a part of the gathering, says Bradford, associate professor of marketing at the University of California at Irvine. For practical reasons, people would travel to watch and would bring meals. This turned into more festive gatherings, transforming the pragmatic into part of the overall experience, so we find a strong connection between early gatherings and what we observe in modern times. Uh, picnic uh, people would take pack pack picnic lunches to go watch Civil War battles. What might can be considered the first American tailgate took place on on a Sunday, but the spectators who participated eagerly awaited a far different clash at a football game on July 21st, 1861. Residents of Washington packed picnic baskets and loaded into carriages and buggies for a day at the Virginia countryside. Rather than listen to the bucolic sounds of nature, they followed the sounds of artillery to watch afar from the first major showdown of the Civil War at the First Battle of Bull Run. Union Captain John Tidball witnessed a throng of sightseers and peddlers in carts loaded with pies and other edibles. The provisions were more out of necessity than frivolity, according to the American Battlefield Trust, because of the 25-mile carriage ride the nation's capital took upward of seven hours. The onlookers hoped the visiting squad would score a quick victory in what became known as the Picnic Battle. Positioned miles from the action, spectators gazed through opera glasses and complained of obstructive views from smoke and trees. Despite its nickname, the battle turned out to be no picnic for Union forces. Although future Vice President Henry Wilson handed out leftover sandwiches to the boys in blue as they scurried away in defeat. And then tailgating arrives of the automotive age. Just eight years later, young Americans confronted each other on football fields. Fans may have dined from a wagon as they watched Rutgers and Princeton play the first football game in 1869. In the 1880s, newspapers reported that well-heeled fans uh, sipped champagne and enjoyed other refreshments while watching the annual Yale-Princeton Thanksgiving game in New York when the luxury of horse-drawn coaches parked on the sidelines. Coming of age in America at the same time, football and automobiles have always had a close connection. The National Football League was even founded inside the Ohio Automobile Showroom of Canton Bulldogs over Ralph Hay. In the early 1990s, 1900s, the schools that dominated college football, Princeton, Yale, and Harvard, also had wealthy alumni who were among the few who could afford new motorized buggies. In 1906, when automobile registration surpassed 100,000 for the first time, the 32,000 fans traveling to New Haven, Connecticut for the Harvard-Yale game, including motorists who indulged in what might be called the first pregame tailgate. So there you go. There's a kind of a little bit of a look at the history of tailgating. Hope you've enjoyed this segment of Washman across the NFL for um, Thursday, September 28th, 2023. God bless. Hope you're following Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior every day of your life. Hope that you're uh, enjoying that walk with him each and every day as he is the only way that you'll get to eternity. So God bless. I'll see you next time here on Washman across the NFL. Thank you, Lashman. Good job as always. And now, Michelle, you have a player for us, I do believe. Yes, I do. I always enjoy doing this. And um, I am going to talk a little bit about Harrison Butker, who is the kicker for the Chiefs and uh, his faith. And one of the things that is really um, a blessing about him 
and how he uh, centers himself on his faith is that he always points up to the sky when he kicks. Um, prior to his games, he prays for God's will to be done. But, and he goes around and he speaks and he shares about his faith. And of course, he uh, gives God glory, which is why he tends to point up um, when he is successful with his kicks. And as you know, he's been in the NFL uh, about six plus years and he's connected on a Oh, man, I think 88, 89% of his goals that he's kicked. Um, he's got a leg on him, that's for sure. Yeah, he does. And then, you know, he had his injury last year. But, I mean, this year, he seems to be recovered. And he talks about God as being the most important thing in his life. Um Sports Spectrum wrote an article about him, and here's some of the things he said. If I didn't have faith in God, I don't think I'd be the father I am, the husband I am, the kicker I am. This kind of sets the tone for everything else that he does, and he said that that gives him the strength to go to do everything he needs to do. And he's also been quoted as saying, I may have fears about it. I might have pressure, but I know I'm a child of God and he's going to protect me. And maybe that protection comes with some suffering, but that's what's best for me. And I got accept that suffering and grow as best as I can with that. And, you know, I think that's really. Um, There's some truth cool. in that. Yeah, yeah. He, he prays for God's will to be done. Um, so whether that's a win or a loss, he's trying to do his absolute best to maximize his talents and kick, you know, for God's glory. So I think that's really cool about him. You know, he trusts in Jesus. He is, I know his wife's a devout Catholic and I do know that he leans that way, but he is a born-again Catholic from what I understand. And so he will, uh, we'll see how he shines this year. Um, And, you know, so far, so good. So keep an ear to the ground and keep your eyes open um, because he's definitely out there sharing his faith and also sharing hard truths, you know. That's that's what I love about it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And it's I mean, it, you know, it's so cool to learn about these guys, little things that I didn't know. You know, when you bring these guys to the table and um, I think with Harrison, what I respect about that is, you know, like, you know, he knows where his gift came from. I mean, when he goes and he lays it on the line, he knows that every kick uh, is important. Right. But he acknowledges who gave him the gift to be able to do that. Right. So, and yeah. he's got a gorgeous woman in his life. Isabel is her name. And they met in college. But it's really cool. One thing about him, too, he he's been a three sport athlete, not just football, basketball and soccer. And he played in championships for soccer in high school. And he attended Georgia Tech 
University too. So just a little bit more about him. And he's got a cute little baby. Looks like he's got a little baby, um, Jared. Jared, I think is his baby's name. So just cute little family. Great guy. Seems to be, you know, like he's really solid. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, um, I think with that, I think, you know, last week had a lot of, um, I think it had a lot of good things for, for our teams. Um, and then it had some, some pretty poor, poor highlighting, but I think going forward, we'll see, I think we're starting to see what teams are really made of. Uh, we're starting to get into the meat of the season. Um, and we're going to see what teams are really made of, who, who are the stars, who's going to actually be worth watching and who do we kind of want to write off? Yeah, I think we're going to see that. And hey, we're in the fall season, man. Lots of football still ahead of us. Lots of football. And then, you know, for me, basketball season's getting ready to start up. Go Suns. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, so I got plenty of sports to kind of keep my head around. So, um, guys, we want to hear what you guys think. I mean, obviously, I'm sorry for you Broncos fans. I'm just sorry. <laughs> that was brutal. <laughs> uh, if you Bears fans, well, you got turned into bear meat. <laughs> you just did, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. So, I think, Michelle, with that, we'll call it a wrap. Do you have any final thoughts? Let us hear from you. We want to hear from you. I've had some great feedback from a few ladies that they really love the fact that Teresa and I have these conversations about football, that there are a lot of ladies that get intimidated about football and that having, you know, two women that talk crazy about football and are just having conversations about it is less intimidating. So for ladies, ladies, you know, we want to hear from you. You have a voice, you know. I have my podcast out there called Altered Story Show, too, where I bring women in and give them a voice. We want to give you a voice, too. Let us hear from you. Tell us your favorite team. Send us pictures on Facebook um, of your favorite team in your jerseys. Tell us what you want to hear. If you know a a football player that's doing great things on and off the field, the man of faith. Let us hear about him. We want to hear those stories. Absolutely. Um, and you can actually find us at blazingguts.com. You can hit, hit us up on the socials at Facebook and on Twitter. Please, please feel free to do so. We want to hear from you. Uh, ladies, if you got if you got a football team and maybe you've been a little bit hesitant to speak up, I think you should. Come on. Come on. So, you know, all you got to do is, you know, I mean, come on, you skim that you skim that social feed already. So why not just let people know what team you support? It's all right. You know, so with that, I'm Teresa Blaze, along with Michelle Sanders Guts. This has been Blazing Guts and we're out. If you run across someone that we don't know about, please text it in. I want you to text NFL to 575-223-1596. You're going to get a little link. You're going to fill out your information. If you got football thoughts, anything, we want to hear about it.